Welcome to FitChicks Chat brought to you by FitChicks Academy, where we are dedicated to teaching you all about fitness, nutrition, and wellness, as well as how to build an incredibly successful business using our proven techniques and systems designed to get you certified, confident, successful, and get you results for yourself, your business, as well as your clients. Now, if you've ever wondered, how can I be successful as a coach? Where do I find my first client? How do I even build a business? Where do I begin? I want you to make sure to listen to the end of each episode so that you can hear inspiring stories from our graduates of the Fitchix Academy and hear how they signed their first clients, how they built their business of their dreams and paid back their tuition just weeks after graduating and how all of this is possible for you too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the chat. My name is Amanda Quinn. And I'm Laura Jackson. <laughs> and today we have like a super special moment happening because we have for the first time ever a rooster joining Fitchick's chat. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's good. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. So we actually have Yuri Alkame, and he is the CEO, the founder of Healthpreneur, and he is joining us today to chat a little bit more about what he does in this industry, as well as just a few other things that we really want to touch on. So Yuri, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be the rooster in the den, I guess. (laughs) Or I guess the rooster in the coop. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm not up with the chicken lingo, so yeah, thanks guys. Yeah. yeah, no, like I said, like we're, we're super excited. We were just chatting about this offline that we're just really excited to be able to have you here. We were on your podcast recently and just really loved the connection, loved our conversation and thought who better to have on for the first time ever to have a meal on than to invite you over. So uh, welcome thank you. Again. I feel um, this is a big moment. This is a- it is. <laughs> it's a big moment for us because we're just like, wow, this is awesome. Um, but so one of the things that I really wanted to get into right away was just sharing with our listeners a little bit more about what it is that you do and how you kind of began Healthpreneur, because I think just understanding what it is that you do in this industry is really important. Yeah. So in a nutshell, so Healthpreneur, we started in 2015 after about two years of people in in our space asking me for business advice because I had started my first business in 2006 online, which was to the consumer. So weight loss, energy, all that stuff. And after many years of struggle and poverty line income, we eventually took off and had a really, really good run. And then I just had people coming up to me asking for business advice. And I was like, it was like 18 people in the course of two months. And I remember it's like, I remember vividly. I'm like, okay, this is the universe telling me something like I got to do something about this because in order to go from where I was to where I eventually got to, I had to really understand the fundamentals of marketing and business and all that stuff. And I recognize that most health professionals don't know that stuff because that's not what we're taught in school. Like we're taught how to become great nutritionists or practitioners and take care of our clients and patients, but building a business is like a couple hours at the most. So we started Healthpreneur because I reckon like I lost my hair when I was 17. That's what got me into health. And I wanted to end my own suffering, kind of figure that out for myself. And then as I got into that, went to school for kinesiology and holistic nutrition and then started helping people, I recognized how much I really love doing that. And then I, I, I just realized like I just, my goal on this planet is to empower people, is to end their suffering. Initially it was for health. And then it's obviously shifted into business. So with Healthpreneur, what we do is we help health practitioners and coaches get more clients and scale their businesses online. 
and specifically online because we recognize that, well, I've been online since 2006 and I've seen what that's done for my life. Right. Like the freedom it's given me, the impact it's given me. And I just, I think that the one-on-one model, like in the four wall clinic is very archaic. It's very transactional. And I don't think it's good for the patient, the clients or the practitioner. And I think 2020 was a big wake up call for our industry to say like, you don't have to exclusively be online, but it's probably a good idea if you have at least some way of delivering virtual care. So what we do is we help bridge the gap of like, you're an expert at what you do. Here's all the people you could serve. The bridge is the marketing and business dev. And that's the skill set that we help them develop so they can get more clients predictably without all the grind so that they have a business that's built on systems as opposed to manual efforts so that they can actually have a bit more freedom back in their lives, help more people, make more money. And that's what we do. So it's a lot of fun. We're on a, we're on a mission to help a billion people. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to help other practitioners and coaches build great businesses. And then collectively we'll do it somehow. It's like a ripple effect. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I couldn't agree with you more. Like one of the things that we talk about often in Fitchix Academy that makes even our certification different is that we include a business, um, a whole business module, a business resource um, center for our students, because that was always the missing link. It's like people would graduate with these certifications and this background knowledge and they'd just be holding a piece of paper going, okay, now what, (laughs) where do I go from here? What do I do with this information? I've got all this information and I can help so many people, but if I don't know the first step to even doing that, it's such a big thing. Now I do have a question in regards to like the Mm -hmm. online piece, you know, did you find with COVID when COVID's, you know, when, when the world kind of everybody scrambling, did you find that, you had a huge influx of clients reaching out to you. And did you feel like there was a lot of people that were just really struggling to figure that piece out because they weren't prepared in advance? Yeah. I mean, like those three, four months last year were our biggest of the year. Like last year was our biggest year in business, but honestly, every year has been our biggest year in business. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. But the biggest thing that we saw two things, number one, it's people saying, I've been thinking about going online for a long time. This was the kick in the butt. Right. Second thing was, I know I need to do this, but I don't know what it looks like. And we're like, congratulations, you're not supposed to know what it looks like, right? Did you know how to adjust spines before you went to chiropractic college? No, that's why you went to school. So I think what we saw a lot of was the reminder that so many people, as much as they say they want something, they're held back by fear of needing that certainty of seeing what it looks like on the other side. Like, right. just have faith that we've done this for a very long time. We'll help you figure it out. And it's like, you just kind of giving them reference points to say, like, like the school examples. Like you didn't know how to become a, you didn't know how to doctor before you became the doctor, right? <laughs> but you went to school because you want to become the doctor. So that's kind of the same process here. So yeah, it was, it was nice to see some people very open-minded and they're like, yep, I got to do this. I know I got to do this now. Let's go. And then others were like, I think there was some kind of, the, there, was, there was a segment of the market, which was like, you know, I'm going to ride this out. Let's see, let's see if this gets better. Um, and if you live in Toronto, it's pretty much the same as it's been for the past year. Yeah. And there's so, no sign of it ending. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. So I think like, COVID, what I tell people is like COVID has reminded us that like bad times, tough times expose problems. They don't create them. So if you had a rocky business to begin with, COVID definitely exacerbated that. 
If your business was great to begin with, you know, you probably would have felt it a little bit, but you'd be okay. But it didn't create the problem with the cracks in the foundation were already there. And now you as the business owner have to make the decision, like, do I want to adapt or do I want to go to business? Right. And I think that's the big question. Well, and I, I totally, I totally agree with you on all of this. Like we've seen a lot of resistance to change and, you know, again, same thing. We've been online for a really long time. So we've been like always promoting it. Like you need to be online, you need to be online, but not only just because again, it opens up your market so much, but because it really does like crisis proof your business in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even for us, when we first started out, we were teaching group fitness boot camps and like, what would we even do when it would rain outside? You know, it was like this big kerfuffle, like having to like cancel classes and do all the stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas like, you know, when you're in the online space, it gives you so much more flexibility and so much more ability to reach and serve more people. But I also find a lot of that is to do with the mindset, which we coach a lot on too, when we are talking about business is the mindset around being a business owner. Mm-hmm. And a virtual business owner, not just being a practitioner or a coach, which is two totally different mindsets, right? Yeah. Which kind of leads me to my next question is that our audience is all female. So do you see a difference in your clients that you're helping scale online between the male clients and the female clients when it comes to um, like where they focus or their you know ability to kind of dive in? Do you notice any differences there? Um, I don't think there's a gender difference. I think there's a mentality difference. So uh, two, two clients that come to mind, they both have eight figure businesses. One is a woman, one is a man, right? They're the first two that come to mind and they have, uh, well, let me put it this way. I guess there's more of a masculine energy that helps them drive that. Cause I do think it's important to balance the, the feminine and the masculine. Mm-hmm. Most of our clients are female. So I'd say about, 70% are female. And I think the, the masculine energy of like structure, data, that kind of stuff is very important. But then there's the feminine energy of compassion, coming from a heart-centered place, all that kind of stuff. I think it's super important. And like, that's something that we, like I spent a lot of time with our clients, helping them improve their, their selling skills. And a lot of what I, like I was just talking to them about this this morning, it's selling has a bad connotation, but the way I see it is like when you truly connect to the core of what you do as a provider, it's like you truly care about this person so much that if they don't say yes, you're doing a major disservice to them. And coming from that perspective, which I think is a very feminine loving energy compared to, I got to close the sale. Uh, it completely changed the ballgame. And so, you know, we say that, you know, he or she who cares most about the client wins. Mm-hmm. So if you care more about them than they care about your story, you will enroll them. But the cool thing is they win because yeah. they get your help. And if they, they don't, the yeah, they don't, you know, if they say no, then you lose and they lose. So I, I, I don't think it's too much of a, um, like some, you know, a difference in gender, but I do think there's a, a difference in the character traits and the mentalities. I think the the three things that we see very commonly are number one is courage. Very Mm -hmm. important. So one of our best clients was $40,000 in the hole. He had five kids, six people on his team. Sorry. He was on the verge of bankruptcy. He took out a $40,000 loan to stay afloat and then started working with us from that loan. And then 
nine months later is doing $1.5 million per month. Oh that's, goodness. I mean, that's a bit of a unicorn story, Yeah. <laughs> but then you have, and I, and I, and I, I share this story and I've shared this story a few times. He was speaking at our live events virtually in October. And we had another gentleman in the audience virtually who is also a chiropractor. They're both chiropractors. And the other guy who's in the audience had been to one of our events three years ago, but decided not to continue working with us. And he sent me an email after the event. He said, oh my God, man, I was listening to so-and-so speak. And if you could help me do what he did, I'm in. I'm like, dude, I showed you three years ago how we can help you do that. The only difference is that he said yes, and you're still thinking about it. So the courage is very, very important. With that is kind of decisiveness. And I think um, the foundation of all this is just knowing that you're, you have to be good at what you do. Like you can't, you can't be mediocre and then expect to really have the confidence to, you know, to help people at the highest possible level. So I think you've got to be very, very good at what you do. But if you are good, having the courage to step into the unknown and being able to put your blinders on and be like, because there's a lot of distractions, as you know. So put <laughs> the blinders on, do one thing, do it really well. Because if you do anything, choose anything. Like if you want to do TikTok, do TikTok, but only do TikTok and do it so well until you master that. And then it takes off. So I think those are a couple of things that we see amongst the successful people. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you're talking about that too, because it's something that we talk a lot about is the idea of, you know, you have to get comfortable with failing. Like failing is not a bad thing. It's failing forward. It's most people aren't even trying and you'll know how to get there once you get there. But, and you know, for you, like you could give me the exact steps that worked for you. And for me, it might be, like you said, the Instagram versus TikTok or whatever it is, but I got to try all the things too. Um, I really like too, how you talked about the, the masculine and feminine energy. So just for anyone listening to whether you are male or female, you both have, like you have both energies. Um, Cause I know a lot of females who sit in the masculine energy a lot, which includes me. And it's kind of, you know, when you try it, when you do tap into that female energy, it's such an amazing balance, especially for your business. So I'm happy you talked about that. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I was raised by a single mom who's actually just walking up the stairs with my little guy right now, but yeah. So maybe Aww. like there's that, that rubs off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, you talked about sort of the three things that you you feel like people need to have in order to, you know, like the courage and the decisiveness. And um, do you think, though, that there are like, are there common pitfalls, common issues that you see people doing or that keep happening over and over again with your clients, at least in the beginning, when they're trying to take their business online? So when they're trying to transition online, that they're just like commonly doing that, you're just like, okay, please stop. And you just, you keep seeing this pattern over and over again. hundred percent. Two things that come to mind. Number one is they want results right away, which I think comes to mitigating, mitigating expectations. So our approach is very much like the Marines. We're not looking for the most, we're looking for the best. So the Marines, like, if you want the most, make it easy. If you want the best, make it hard. So in our sales process, we tell people this isn't going to be easy. You probably won't see results right away if you have zero following and zero platform. Right. Um, but I promise you it'll be the best thing you ever do. It's going to be hard. And if you're not okay with that, this isn't going to work. As opposed to, hey, if we work together, you're going to make 10K a month in like 30 days. Yeah. That's not going to work unless you can deliver on that. But again, if someone's starting from scratch, it's pretty tough to do that. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing is just the expectation of things happening overnight. Like it took me a long time 
it took me a long time to, to, to see success in my business, my first one, uh, a lot faster than the second one because I learned the lessons. But I think there are very, very important skills that one needs to develop in order to get the results they want to get. And I think like, at least for us and every company is different, but for us, we focus a lot more on the skill developments and work, let the outcomes take care of themselves. So it's like, yeah, like that's great. You want to do this stuff, but here are the skills you need to develop and here's how you're going to do it. So let's focus on the things you can control. And then as a byproduct, all that other stuff will take care of itself. So I think the first thing is being realistic with expected outcomes and what's required of you to get there. And then the second thing is not, it's weird. I don't know if you guys know it, like feel this with, with online business. A lot of people feel like online business should be free. They're like, oh, I got to pay 97 bucks a month for ClickFunnels. Like, oh, I already got to pay $15,000 a month my lease. Sorry, did you say you pay $15,000 a month for a building and you can't pay $97 a month for ClickFunnels? So like that mentality of, they think online is just like a side hustle and everything should be free. Like the people who really crush this understand this is a business. Like you have expenses and you have investments and all of that stuff is amazing because if you try to do everything for free, it's going to take you a very, very, very long time and you're probably going to burn out in the process. So those are two things that I see a lot of. And well, one final thing is, the build, like the field of dreams doesn't happen online. So Kevin Costner built a beautiful baseball diamond in the cornfields of Iowa. That's not happening online, right? No one's coming to the baseball diamond because no one can find you. There's one, I think there's, there's more than a trillion pages of content on Google. So if you have a website that has no content on it and you have a homepage about us and then maybe a couple other pages, the likelihood of you getting found on Google is like, spitting in the ocean and then trying to find that little droplet of saliva. Like it's so <laughs> impossible. And it just baffles my mind that people have spent five, 10, 15, $20,000 on a nice looking website that no one's ever going to see. And I think like down the road, yeah, sure. Once you have traction for sure. But initially like you just got to get clients. It doesn't matter what your website looks like. So it's either not investing in their business enough or they are investing, but in the wrong things. So those are a few things that we see that, you know, are a couple pitfalls. Do you find too, just to add to that, do you find as well that when they go to work to work with you and like to join um, your programs that they feel like the investment of, Oh, well, you're just, I'm already running a business. How you're not, you know, you're, they kind of feel like they, already know a lot even though online business i feel like is so different than business do you feel like they're not necessarily understanding the investment of what they're going to be learning does that make sense it's yeah totally i I don't think that i think everyone has their own journey right like i see coaching as a no-brainer like every single time i've invested in coaching like i've it's been multiples in return but it's also it's also an extraction game it's also me showing up and extracting value mm-hmm. and contributing as opposed to me sitting back and be like, I didn't get anything, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, you have to be proactive with this. But yeah, like I, I do think like some people, like I told, I should just shot a video this afternoon. I said, if, if the first question someone asks you, like not even on the phone, but just like in DM or email is how much does this cost? That's not your perfect client yeah. because they're asking the wrong question. Now, this is in the context of business to business, 
So the question shouldn't be how much does it cost? I mean, it's obviously important on the price, but it should be how much can I make, right? Instead of how much is this going to cost me? And I think successful people, there's always two movies that we're playing on our minds. One is, oh shit, this isn't going to work out. And the other option is, oh, this is going to work out. What, this, what, what if this does work out as opposed to what if it doesn't? Mm-hmm. And what I've recognized is that a lot of people get stuck in the what if this doesn't work out. And so they look at the investment as their ceiling. Like that's, it's almost like that's the most money they can make. But the people who really crush it and they see the investment, they're like, yeah, this makes total sense. Let's do this. They see the investment and they're like, they're thinking the investment and then, right? It's like, if I invest this amount of money, I can make so much more in return. And I think that's an important distinction that as a business owner, we really have to think about because like, again, the example is school. Like we, we have people that have invested, they're still like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt from school you know, naturopathic college, medical school, and they had no problem dropping money on that. But now when they have to spend a tiny fraction of that for their business, that's going to help them pay that debt off. They're like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, like it's so weird. So we have these weird double standards. And I just think that trust is a big, big thing, especially online. If you have a face-to-face conversation with someone in your clinic, 80% 80% of the time they'll say yes. On the phone, you'll never see 80% conversion, right? Unless they're like your family members. So trust <laughs> is such a huge uh, gap we need to build and it takes time. And there's a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of people that have been burned. There's a lot of stuff that people see that you know jades the way they see different coaching and business development. Not everyone, but some people. And I think um, they just want to make the right decision, right? They don't want to make the wrong decision. They don't want to eat, eat the poison apple. And that's why, yeah, that's why I think it's a little, it's, it is more challenging to build an online business. Truth be told, it is more challenging. It's easier to have a clinic that people can walk down the street and see it and walk in online. It's more challenging and you have to develop the skills to build it, but the rewards are you know, they're not even comparable, right? This, once you have it running, it's it's a beautiful thing, so. Well, that's one thing I notice a lot. And I mean, I don't know too, if this is just now more, of course, with so many more people going online, you know, there is that kind of like, there always has been that scamminess, you know, that people have this idea, it's like this get rich quick kind of scheme. But like, how do you find for you that you stand out and also kind of like an advice way, if you were giving this to someone else who was starting out, like how would you stand out or start even to build your online presence and your online business amongst all of this like crazy noise? I think the first thing is you have to identify your single target market. Like we, I, I mean, we help health professionals and coaches, right? So technically that's, there could be a lot of there. There's health coaches, dietitians, nutritionists, naturopaths, physical therapists. There's, there's actually quite a few in there. I could have said just physical therapists or just nutritionists, but we don't. But either way, one of the reasons that a lot of people choose us is because they like the fact that we only work with health professionals. And that becomes a that becomes a competitive advantage for us because we understand a lot of the nuances. Like we do a lot of stuff with paid traffic, so Facebook ads, et cetera. And that, you know, when you're advertising on Facebook, there's some very strict regulations about what you can and cannot say. And if you don't know what that looks like, you're kind of screwed. So to, to go to someone and say, listen, like we've done this thousands of times and with people just like you, 
we know the nuances when it comes to health claims and stuff like that, as opposed to being part of a uh, business program that does, you know, that has real real estate people and some health people and some other people. So I think your single target market is the single most important decision you can make in your business. Most problems that I've realized with our clients, even in our business, to be honest, is a lack of clarity around the perfect client. So if you can get super, super clear about who that client is, and here's the cool thing, most often our perfect client is us a couple of years ago. Right. Right. So it's like, Hey, there's a cheat. Just go back a couple of years and get in your own head. So but for some reason, it's so hard for so many of us to, to go back there. Right. Like, yeah. you're kind of like, Oh, I don't, I don't remember what I was struggling with. Like, I want to tell you about all these other things I'm learning right now. And it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's so funny that you say that though. Cause it's so true. I've talked to some of our students, like our graduates of our community. And I've said like, you know, five years ago, what were you in bed thinking about? You know, what were you laying in bed worried about? What were you concerned about? Because those are the things, those are the thoughts that were going through your mind of like, you know, if it was weight loss or things like that, like those were the things that you were concerned about. Talk to those points and then you'll talk mm-hmm. to your people because they're the same. They're thinking the same. thousand percent. Mm-hmm. And, and no one, like, I mean, we all know that a cardiac surgeon makes more than a general practitioner, right? Like if you have a, a leaky faucet, you're going to call the plumber, not the general contractor. So everyone wants to work with the specialist. No one types in uh, second best option in Google. Like they don't type in like second best chiropractor. They type in best chiropractor in Toronto, for instance. I'm so, going to do that and see what comes up. Yeah, like I've, I've actually, it's, you should. Like I've, no one, I've never typed in mediocre restaurants. Like we had Thai food the other night. I'm like... I'm not going to type in mediocre Thai (laughs) restaurant Toronto, right? Like it's like like, the number one mediocre Thai restaurant. (laughs) I feel like that's like like a game that you could play with yourself where like every single time you have to do something online, you have to just use the mediocre version always. Yeah. (laughs) For like a week and just see what happens. (laughs) Absolutely. Instagram it. That'd be funny. (laughs) Yeah. So no, that's fine. um, So single target market specialize, like, as I say, the riches are in the niches. Uh, the other thing from a, a differentiation standpoint and branding standpoint, branding, the way I think of it is it's, it's a promise you make to the marketplace, but I think most importantly, it's how the marketplace sees you. So it's when the marketplace, you know, a group of people see your business, mm-hmm. what do they think of, right? What emotions come to mind? What space are you occupying in their mind? The example I give is if you have a chest of drawers, you want to be the sock drawer or the underwear drawer or the t-shirt drawer as opposed to all of it because what happens is, I mean, I know a lot of business coaches, right? And they all help six and seven figure business owners grow their business. I'm like, that's awesome. But how do I, how can I refer you business when 30 other people do the exact same thing? So when I meet someone, I've got 30 options in my head, for instance, as opposed to someone who says, yeah, I only work with hair salons. And now I'm like, oh, go to that guy, right? So it's super important from a branding perspective that you occupy one category in someone's mind. So when they think of one specific issue, they think of you as opposed to just another, you know, insert blank. And I think that's important from differentiation, from uh, a pricing and positioning standpoint, referrals, all that stuff. So, well, I think that's a big thing too, especially from like the positioning standpoint, because there's so many people who are in the same niche, right? But like, are you going to be like the Mercedes or are you more of like the affordable option? Are you the best friend? Or are you more someone who's like 
who they look at as a guru. Like, I think a lot of people don't even know who they want to be in the space. And then they're showing up as like the low cost best friend who's going to solve my problems. And then you're telling them it's a $10,000 package. And people are like, what? Like, there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, pricing is another big thing. We see it. I mean, I'm sure you guys see it too. In our space, we have all signed this contract coming into this into this life where it's like, I will serve others. And we there's this weird thing we have with money. And I was I used to be the same way a long time ago. And I like felt really weird and terrible at asking for money and sales was like, you know, bad. And the thing is, like the more you make, the more you charge, the more people show up, right? The more they're gonna be committed. Now I'm not saying like, you know, you don't have to be ridiculous with it, but like they, people need skin in the game, like they need to like invest because if they invest, they're more invested, they'll do the work. You show up as the provi- the coach or provider to a much greater level as well. And you fill your cup up. So you have more to give back to the world. So let's say that in any given market, 95% of people are not going to be able to work with you for whatever reason, right? So 5% of people do. Those 5% of people fill up your cup, let's say financially and fulfillment wise. Now you can give back in other ways to the 95%, everything else is free. Like for us, we have two programs. They're both paid, they're both relatively high level and everything else is free, right? right. Because I'm like, why would I wanna do a $7 offer? I'm just like, this is not even worth my time, but just like give everything else for free. And hopefully maybe someday some of those people will move up, but if they don't, at the very minimum, they're just getting great value. But it's tough to do that if you can't even take care of your own financial needs for your business. So, I always find it so fascinating how there's some people who, sorry to interrupt you, but like, I love the topic of money and like relationship of like our relationship to money. And then same with, you know, business owners relationship to money, but it's like, people will not invest, like you said earlier in their own business, but then they're going out and wondering why people, when they ask them to invest in their business, they're not willing to pay. (laughs) And it's almost like, it's like, wait a second. Like you have to look at your own belief system, right? Like how you're showing up, because if you're, if you're saying, Oh, well, you know, to spend $10,000, which for a lot of people is a lot of money on investing in a coach who's going to show me how to grow my business or $25,000 or whatever it is. And then you're going out and asking somebody else even to invest like a hundred dollars in you. I don't know. I just think energetically, like you have to work on that as well within your business. Now that's going down kind of a different, like a different mindset piece, but just to me, it's, it's really fascinating how that, that kind of all plays into it. Yeah. I mean, you got to be the client you want to attract. So if you want exactly. people to pay you money, mm-hmm. who are you paying money to? Right. Like I didn't know this until, and I, I think this is true and I don't think it's a fable, but the Dead Sea is the only body of water that only receives water. Mm. It doesn't give, there's, there's no outlets as far as I understand based on this. I don't even know where I heard this, but I was like, you know, that's interesting. It's only receiving and it's dead. Right. I'm like, huh, interesting. So like it, in the context of what we're saying here is like, you can ask people to give you money, but you also have to be willing to give money because it's all just, it's, it's not your money. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like you're just a temporary a Sherpa of the money to someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> and that's one thing even for us, we were very big on is I think that pricing and like your like pricing is a very interesting thing where, because we get asked that, that's probably one of the number one questions we get asked is like, well, how much should I charge? And we're like, that's the, again, it's the wrong question. It's like, what is the value you're providing? And then, you know, also looking at your, your target market, your ideal client, like, you know, I've, I know we have a lot of 
first time, you know, business owners, and they're picking niches that have no money. And we're always like, that's great that you want to help them. They're going to be the people who are going to benefit from your blog and your podcast. However, you know, you've got to pick a niche that's willing to pay for their problem to be solved or else you're going to be spinning your wheels. Yeah. And I also think the, we've seen a little bit of the flip, the flip sides of that as well is we've got clients being like, where are the wealthy audiences? Like, how do I target the Mm. wealthy people? I'm like, well, just because they have the money, it doesn't mean they're going to spend it with you. Right. Right. So that's the flip side is like people like I was having this conversation with a client last week and I, and I told her, I'm like, you realize that most of your fellow clients, their clients are not the 1% wealthy. They're just average people who have normal jobs, but their health or that specific condition they're dealing with became the top priority for them at the time for them to invest in. And that's the difference. And like, yeah, for sure. It helps if you, you know, target on it target an audience that has a bit more disposable income, but it's in any given market, like, like in any given market, there's always going to be those who have the money, those who don't. And then, you know, those in between, but it's like the willingness to spend the money, I think is the big difference. Right. And I think most people don't because they don't have 100% certainty that the thing they want to invest in is going to work for them, which is ironic because there is no guarantees in life especially in a coaching type of service uh, type of thing where the, the client has to show up and do some of the work, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't do done for you sit-ups. That's <laughs> like, you kind of like, have to be- That would be like the billion dollar business. Yeah, totally. Like Instantly. Done yeah, done for you yoga, done for you meditation. <laughs> Overnight billionaire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can figure that out, Yuri. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny though, because even what, going back to like something you said earlier too, it's, it's not just about finding the clients that there's going to be clients, like you said, in every market that are willing to spend the money or not willing to spend the money, but it really does go back to the confidence that you have in your program, your offer, your opportunity, that it's actually going to solve the problem, right? Because mm-hmm. even when I think back to days when I was dealing with like major anxiety issues, like when I was younger, at that moment, I can think back to those moments and I would have given like everything that I owned in my life to get rid of that problem. Everything. Like I would have been like, you can take my home, you can take my car, you can take every paycheck for the next year. I don't care. Just please help Mm -hmm. me. Right. So it's how, like how important is the problem that you're going to solve for your people and how much proof do you have that you can actually do that? I think that that's really what translates to your sales and your opportunities. Yeah. And and this is an analogy that hopefully will help everyone is whenever, whenever you're speaking to a potential client, they're at the, just use this visual. So they're at the edge of a cliff and that's their now. And on the other side of the gorge, I'll handle say a hundred feet away is everything they say they want. Okay. So like the weight loss, the energy, all that stuff. Now the trick is to get to the other side, they have to cross this bridge and the bridge sadly is made out of wooden planks and rope handrails. So it's like one of those like Indiana Jones type of bridges. <laughs> and you're like, you're looking at the bridge, you're like, eh, it's a 200 foot drop down to the river. I don't know if I want to cross this bridge. And that's the, that's the scenario that's playing out whenever we're making a decision. And that is usually the conversation in our minds, not exactly in this visual, but the conversation, especially when the price is higher if it's a, a $10 impulse buy, no big deal, right? But if it's a few thousand dollars for most people, they're, they're going to start thinking about this. And they're usually percentage-wise, not always, but percentage-wise, more people are, than not will say no because they don't think the bridge is going to hold. 
right? right? They're afraid that they might fall, that it might, they might fail. They don't, they don't trust you that you've been across the bridge several times and back, even though you've shown them that you've done it and they've seen it. And so there's this level of like, I don't believe this can work. Okay. Now here's the twist is let's say on the other side of the bridge, you had your, the most, the most important people in your life, let's say your kids, spouse, et cetera. And they were on the other side of the bridge and they were suffering in pain. They were stuck in a bear trap. I don't even know, like just terrible agonizing pain. And the only way they could get saved is by you crossing the bridge. Now, would you cross the bridge? And the answer in, I think every single case would be yes. So what changed? The only thing that changed is that the perceived pain of crossing the bridge stayed the same, but the perceived gain became exponentially higher because a lot of times when someone says, I want to lose weight, as an example, they might be a seven out of 10, right? Like in your case, you said you were a 10 out of 10, you would have sold your house. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I think most people lie to themselves, right? They say they're a 10 out of 10, but then when you ask them to cross the bridge, they're like, you know what, actually like, this sounds amazing. I want to think about it. And that means no, more or less, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's about helping people understand either that they don't think this is going to work for them or they really don't really, 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 really want what they say they want. And I think the conversation needs to be, it's a coaching conversation really, just to like, let's just talk about the truth. Like what's going on here, right? Let's not play phone tag and catch up and I'll follow up with you in several months from now. Either you believe it's going to work or you don't, or you don't really want what you say you want, which is it. And I think that's the real story. And if we can have that conversation, that's when the true breakthroughs happen. Oh, I absolutely that love so that. Great. Yeah. So good. I love that analogy. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Which leads me to one of our final questions. So we love talking to other business owners, like, cause obviously you have so much knowledge, but we love to like dial into like your top lessons that could help anyone listening. Um, so what were your top three lessons that you learned in business while you were scaling specifically your online business? Number one is get around people who are playing at a bigger level than you are because mm. you become a reflection of your peer group. And it, it goes back to the wiring of our brain. If I don't fit in this group, I'm kicked out type of thing. So we will always level up or level down to the people we're around. So invest in masterminds, like <laughs> pay for better friends. If you want to think of it that way, it's <laughs> so important. Live in a better area. If you have the choice, like things like this matter. So that's the first thing. Second is hire a coach. I mean, I played, I played professional soccer in my early 20s. And the only reason I was able to do that is because I had coaching, right? Like no Olympian makes the podium by themselves. Like they, all, they have coaches. And to think that you can get where you want to get by yourself is crazy. Like it really is. So hire a coach. A coach will buy you speed. Make sure obviously you resonate with them and their philosophy and whatever. But I don't think you can lose. Like even if it's not the best coach or the best investment, if you are the type of person that will just find the value in it, um, you're going to be forced to grow in some way, shape or form. And then I think the third thing is understand that the bigger the dream, the better the team, right? So you can only do so much by yourself, even if it's online, like the whole four hour work week, kick your feet up and drink pina coladas <laughs> lifestyle. I, who I mean, lives that? Like who out of anybody, you know, actually lives that lifestyle like, at all. I don't know. Like maybe the guys who are doing like Amazon sales, I don't even know who knows. Um, 
but then like there's still work there, but I think you can get to a certain level by yourself. But I think from my experience and seeing other people do it as well, once you get to, I would say about a quarter of a million in revenue, if you're doing everything by yourself, you're going to start running some major roadblocks. So understanding that the skills you have to develop as you grow change. Initially, you have to become very good at marketing. You have to become very good at sales. And over time, you have to become very good at leading other people so that you can collectively achieve goals with and through them. And that's a completely different skill set that you can evolve into. So I think depending on where you want to go with your business, recognizing that, you know, if you want to build a business that's 10, 20K a month, cool. If you want to build a business that's 10 million a month, very different, right? Different skill sets, different types of people. Um, but I think the fastest way to get where you want to go is through people. And I, I think the, the three things I mentioned, mastermind coaching and your team all encompass people. So I say that because I, like, I'm by nature very task-oriented. So if I have the choice between hanging out with someone and doing work, like doing my own thing, headphones on, I'll usually choose a task. And I have to remind myself, dude, don't fall into that trap, right? That's why you struggled for three years. And every single time I've come up out of that and collaborated and connected with people and built my team, et cetera, that's when the breakthroughs happen. So it's all about the people. Oh, I love it. It's so good. It's funny. I just was... Um... Every year, I kind of pick a theme of what I'm really working on that year. And growth is always one, like personal growth, professional growth, all of it. But my theme this year is the year of connection. So whether that be in my personal relationships, my employees, my clients, just, you know, people in general. Um, Because I find, too, that that's something I get into as well. It's just like you're kind of in your lane, you're not connecting and so many beautiful things come from connecting with other people. So I'm very happy that you shared that. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah that was so great. And we're again, we are so honored to have you as our very first male joining Fitchix chat. <laughs> <laughs> we should get you a big pin. The number first rooster. <laughs> <laughs> number one rooster. <laughs> Um, Would you mind sharing with our listeners just how, if they're interested in learning more about what it is that you do, how they can reach you, how they can get in touch with you and your team? Yeah. um, If you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at healthpreneur. Don't follow Uriel Kane. That's my old health and fitness business. I don't use that account anymore. So at healthpreneur, um, send me a DM. And then we have a podcast, which you guys are on, which is called the healthpreneur show. So if you guys want to check that out, dropping great stuff on there. Um, those are probably the two best places. And then our website is healthpreneurgroup.com. Um, yeah. So those are some good resources for, for everyone. That's awesome. So Yuri, thank you again so much. It was honestly a pleasure having you here and joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. It was a pleasure and an honor to be the, uh, the first rooster on the show. <laughs> thank you. Right. Thank you everyone so much for listening. And of course, um, go ahead over to fitchicksacademy.com. You can also, um, all of Yuri's links will be on the free resources under the blog post. And you can also check out our upcoming certifications at fitchicksacademy.com. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Yuri. Thank you. Bye.
Hi, I am Alexis Diamond, aka the Hot and Healthy Vegan Mom and founder of the Hot Vegan Mom Method. I help busy, overwhelmed vegan moms stop gaining and losing the same five pounds over and over again and achieve lifelong weight stability through balancing their hormones without giving up wine or pizza. The Fit Chicks Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert, Sir literally changed the entire course of my life. Before I joined, I was a certified personal trainer and had been working in fitness for years. I had also struggled with yo-yo weight loss for the better part of my life, I would say since I was nine years old. And even with all of the Googling and the podcasts and all the things that I had listened to, when I joined the program and I realized what the root cause of my yo-yo weight loss was and the damage that I had done through all of the fad diets and all of the things that I had tried, it shifted not only the way that I look at things, but the way that I'm able to serve my community. Since graduating, I have already helped four women literally transform their lives and transform their bodies in a way that is actually sustainable for the rest of their lives. I am forever grateful to the Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Program for the impact that it has made in me, for the shift that it has created in me, but more so for the shift that I am now able to create in so many other women's lives by having them realize that calories in, calories out is not going to get them where they need to go. And that weight loss is this beautifully complex, simple thing. And that all they need is the steps, sustainable, practical, habit-based steps to hit their goals. Now, if you are ready to get certified today and build the fitness and nutrition business of your dreams, we invite you to join our FitChicks Academy upcoming certifications for our fitness and nutrition expert program, as well as our holistic nutrition weight loss coaching certifications. So we can help you build a successful business using our proven formula that has helped hundreds of our graduates do the same. Learn more at www.fitchicksacademy.com. And we look forward to welcoming you to the Academy. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.